Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So, William, it's that time of year, or at least where I live, because you're you're West Coast, but where I live, it's like the temperature's dropping. Oh yeah, it's getting colder here too. It's it's starting to get chilly. The, the leaves are changing. And, you know, you got your your uh, pumpkin stuff. Do you? Are you? So you? Where do you stand with coffee? Are you? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into coffee. No, I don't, okay. I'm weird like that. I don't like coffee. I don't really like tea. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I don't go with. I don't. I don't get all excited about the various seasonal coffees. Yeah, you're not like you're not running out to get your pumpkin spice latte. No. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I, I thought I thought I knew that about you that you weren't really a coffee person. Weird like that. Yeah. yeah. And, I'm you know, very... being from Seattle, like, I think it's like a rule, right? Everyone has to enjoy coffee in Seattle, but, you know. Or maybe not. Maybe you, since you're there, like ground zero, it's almost like, okay. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> Forget this. <laughs> um, no, I'm pretty basic. Like, when it comes to coffee, I tend to be like a Starbucks person. I like that there's a Starbucks just about anywhere you go. You kind of know what you're yep. getting. I know some people, like, it's it can be a controversial topic. Like, some people yeah. are just like, oh, Starbucks, like seriously uh, i have no horse in this race <laughs> yeah i mean i like going to like a local coffee shop and like yeah. kind of that small... there's pros and cons to both you, yeah you get, i mean you... my wife literally runs a cafe so right so i you know i like the small town coffee shop for sure but the tried and true starbucks is kind of typically my go-to just because like i know what i'm getting and yep. i do i will admit it the uh the pumpkin cream cold brew drink is is a seasonal drink that I do get excited about. So I run out and grab those. So if you, nice. I, and that's all to preface. Did you have one? That, did you bring one for your, for today? Well, that's to say, I was going to say I have one there here and I, I just wanted to kind of set that stage before, you know, people on YouTube saw me drinking the Starbucks. <laughs> like, Oh, look at Aaron's like, basic drink there. Yeah. I've got water. So, you know, no. it doesn't get more, much more basic than that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although it's healthy. Right. In my Darth Vader corksicle so you know well thanks for joining me again uh on star wars bookworms it's of course nice anytime time. it's always always fun chatting star wars books with you or just any any star wars things <laughs> william Devereux of uh for for those of you that may not know if you listen to the show you know probably know who william is but if you're new to the show uh william is a friend of the show for sure and has been on the show a number of times but um more recently I'd say you've been on more than usual because yeah, whole, it's been like, fun. It's it's so been nice coming on more and chatting. Yeah. Oh yeah, I always so enjoy talking with you. So thanks for having me on again. The last book we re we uh, reviewed was Brotherhood, an excellent excellent book. Tonight we are going to review The Princess and the Scoundrel. A couple of dudes re <laughs> reviewing. Uh, <laughs> uh, although I would say the book is kind of, it's not necessarily like a romance novel. It, not really at all. Like. It, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit yeah. like, as far as like what the cover looks like and everything. But um, <laughs> before we get into that book, I did want to mention a couple kind of news-ish items. For one, New York Comic Con is coming up. I know it's a big convention. A lot of people are trying to like kind of ease back into the conventions with, um, you know, COVID and all of that. 
but I know you and I both were at Celebration. Yep. And um, that was a lot of fun. And Celebration and New York Comic Con are kind of the two that I try to hit if I can. And so I live close enough to New York. It's a pretty short train ride for me up there. So uh, New York Comic Con, this is going to be my first time back to New York Comic Con since the pandemic. Oh, nice. The last time I went was, I guess, 2019. If I'm pretty sure that's the last time they had one um, that I went to. I think they they had an event last year, but I decided not to go. So I'm excited to get about getting back up there. I did look at, and we won't spend too much time talking about this because I know not everybody goes to this con, so a lot of people don't care. But for those of you that are planning to go to the convention, there are some Star Wars things that are going to be happening up there. Mostly, so there's going to be two different book panels. Um, and one is going to be uh, specific to the High Republic. It's uh, the, the name of the panel is The High Republic Returns. This is going to be on Saturday, October 8th um, at 3.15. And Phase two, really... right? What's that? I assume they'll be covering phase two. Yes. Yeah. So they haven't, they didn't give a ton of detail, but I'll just read the really short description here. It says, join the authors for Star Wars, The High Republic, as they discuss their epic new tales spanning books, comics, audio, and beyond. Packed with sneak peeks about phase two and exciting reveals and announcements fans will not want to miss. This panel uh, is packed with surprises. So it doesn't give a list of the authors that are going to be there. My mm-hmm. guess is it'll be the people that they've announced as the, you know, the writers. I know for a fact that Justina Ireland is planning to be at New York Comic Con, so she'll probably be on that yeah. panel. Um, and New York Comic Con does have a bit of a history of it's very book heavy, yeah, Star Wars books. Uh, so, in, in fact, like I could have announced, like I know they had some announcements at like uh, San Diego Comic Con and in Celebration, but they may have held some stuff off for for new york comic-con we'll see i i hope so because i mean the the new york comic-con is known for being the book con like if you if you like books that that you know that's like the one because it's ground zero for uh uh you know the um like del rey they're based there right so everyone comes uh whenever we've we've gone i've gone we've gone to new york comic-con in the past it's like so much happening on the book side of things and so i hope i would expect a lot of a lot of book news too it is interesting that they've they, i feel like they've announced a lot of like the schedule is already decently full for upcoming books like we know all the higher public books coming out this fall i'm guessing no more star wars books the rest of the year after aside from the higher public phase two wave one uh and we know about early next year the wave two uh, for High Republic and some other Star Wars books uh, like Jedi Battle Scars, but I don't know. Maybe we'll get some new books for like summer or something. Um, definitely love to see. Yeah, more I that. almost wonder if it'll be, you know, cover art or uh, images of characters. Yeah, like that as the reveals as opposed to an actual like full book announcement. I suspect you're right. As much as I think fans. I mean, the, the the character reveals and stuff are cool too. Uh, the, personally, I think the book announcements are the most exciting yeah. part. But yeah, the schedule's pretty full already. I mean, I think we've got. Uh, let's see. Of course, we have the books this fall, right? Path of Deceit, Quest of the Hidden City, and Convergence. Battle for Battle. The Battle of Jedha is in January. Battle Scars in March. In April, we've got I think April, right? We've got Cataclysm, Quest for Planet X. 
and Path of Vengeance. So that takes us out through May 2nd, I think. Oh, and Star Wars Hunters Battle for the Arena. So there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot. So they have that panel on Saturday. They have another panel on Sunday, which I actually won't be there for this panel because I'm not going to be there on Sunday. But they have one called Star Wars Stories from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. This is Sunday, October 9th Hmm. at 10.30 a.m. And the description is join Lucasfilm Publishing's all-star authors as they discuss stories from throughout the entire Star Wars saga, including all new reveals, announcements, and sneak peeks. This panel is not to be missed moderated by Lucasfilm's Michael Siglane. So that one does give a name of someone. So Michael Siglane is going to be there, yeah. uh, which he usually is. So my guess is that panel will be more general uh, to all the Star Wars books. So there could be other authors that aren't involved with the High Republic that come to that panel. Um, yeah. But yeah, no official announcement list. They are doing like a book signing as well. Um, That'll be fun. Which- which might be kind of cool if, if you have Star Wars books to be signed. They're going to be doing a book signing event. And then the only other Star Wars like related thing at New York Comic Con is Oscar Isaac is going to be there. So, you know, I know he's known for being in Star Wars, but he's also known for being in a lot of other stuff. Uh, yeah. They're doing like a spotlight panel on him oh, on awesome. the main stage. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be there on that one either. I think, I think it's also on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'll miss that one. But um, for people that are going to be there, would be uh, on Sunday would be cool to watch. I'm sure he's, he's one of those guys that, you know, when he comes to these conventions and stuff, he's a good time. He, oh yeah. He's good at interacting with the crowd and just being very interactive and seems like he enjoys the experience more than, than some of the celebrities that come, come to these things. So yeah, no, he's, he's so much fun to, to, to see and, and listen to. Yeah. He def- definitely a panel to, to check out. I think if right. you can, for those that can make it. Yeah. So New York comic-con, uh and i will be there i'll be there on friday and saturday of the con I'll be walking around definitely hitting the book panel on saturday so if any of any of you that are listening to this are going to be at that panel definitely say hi i hear you're giving uh, away prizes right for anyone who finds you is that that's me? what it is yeah sure <laughs> find me i'll give you something yeah uh <laughs> i'm you, kidding everyone actually, i'm kidding yeah. actually i don't even <laughs> mind that because i don't when it comes to going to these conventions, I don't, I've been told I'm not very approachable. You know, what? I, have, I have a way about me. I think that I like, I have this kind of what the, you know, the resting bee face or whatever they say, like, nah, uh, you know, so people are like, Oh, he, he looks angry or he looks in, in deep thought. You know, I would love for people to come up and talk to me, but I don't know that I have that most of approachable and people do it's happened, you know, at celebration in New York comic con, I've had people come up to me and talk to me, but I feel like I'm not as welcoming as it maybe I could be. No, no, no. You're, you're not scary. Everyone should uh, go and say hi to Aaron. Yeah. If you recognize me, I would love for people <laughs> to say hi. And then if you do, sure. I'll, I'll give you some sort of prize. I don't know. Maybe I'll have some Star Wars bookworms buttons on me or uh, if I'm carrying. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just signed you up for stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Give, give people incentive to say hi. But uh, all right. So speaking of, High Republic Phase Two, I did get a couple of the review books already. That's yes. cool. I got yeah, excited. Yeah. I don't know if you. I know it's been a while I'm, since we got I'm physical assuming, books. Assuming you got the same ones I got. Same. Yep. Yeah. And when I was when I opened the envelope, I was like, "Ooh, this is like I just the new covers, something about like new stories, new characters." I I am a fan of the High Republic. 
So I was, I got, I got more excited for those books coming in the mail than I've been for a little bit, I think, yeah. with books. So, and I have to say, the the cover for Path of Deceit is very nice. Yeah, I, I love that Starfield on the book cover and everything. It's, it's great. Yeah. So I'm excited to read those. Um, but today we're going to be reviewing The Princess and the Scoundrel, like we said earlier, and we're going to just jump right into it. We're gonna, we have, you know, we're kind of recording an odd time of the day today we're kind of trying to squeeze this in so uh this might be a little bit of a shorter review of a book than maybe we've done in the past couple episodes but we definitely wanted to try to get this one in before the end of the month so this one is the princess and the scoundrel uh publisher del rey and this one was released august 16th and it's by beth revis um i was looking at beth beth revis's like her her kind of wiki page to see what else she had written Mm -hmm. And because I know we had had her on back when she wrote um, when she wrote Rebel Rising mm-hmm. and she was a great conversation and we, we really liked having her on. But that was all the way back in when did that come out? 2017. Yeah. Rebel Rising. So yeah, that was a, a bit. That was a really fun book. Um, but that was also, I believe, a, like a YA novel. Mm-hmm. I think it was a it was a great one. Though. I really liked Rebel Rising and. So I was I was pretty excited when she was announced as uh, coming back to do another Star Wars book. Yeah, she. So the other things that she's written is she did a uh, from a certain point of view mm-hmm. story uh, called Fully Operational. Um, she also did some of the Forces of Destiny, I guess mm-hmm. comics, which I didn't. I'll admit I didn't read, and then. Um, she also did, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back. She did a story called For the Last Time. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I will admit I'm not uh, smart enough to remember the titles of every story that was in this From a Certain Point of View. There's a lot. So I don't remember yeah. specifically, like I see the titles, but I'm like, okay, I don't really remember what those were about. But, um, but so she has, she has written some Star Wars stuff, but I think the thing she's most notable for before this book was rebel rising mm-hmm. which which i did enjoy yeah it was a, it was a real i really liked rebel rising too and so uh i was very very interested to see what she was going to do with uh with this book yeah me too and i know you and i had actually talked about this book um because there was an excerpt that had been released yeah one of the episodes well, i forgot about that yeah we did we did so talk we, about we it. we already talked about the luke and leia scene oh on yeah indoor uh so so now we get to review the whole book but before we jump into it i'm going to just kind of run down the the publisher summary here just to kind of give us an overview of what this book is about all right so it says you are cordially invited to the wedding of princess leia organa and han solo the death star is destroyed darth vader is dead the empire is desolated but on the forest moon of endor amongst the chaos of a changing galaxy time stands still for a princess and her scoundrel after being frozen in carbonite, then risked every, risk, risking everything for the rebellion, Han is eager to stop living his life for other people. He and Leia have earned their future together a thousand times over. And when he proposes to Leia, spoiler alert, it's the first time in a long time he's had a good feeling about this. For Leia, a lifetime of fighting doesn't truly seem over. There is, still, there is work still to do, penance to pay for the dark secret she now knows runs through her veins. Her brother Luke is offering her that chance, one that comes with family and the promise of the Force. But when Han asks her to marry him, 
Leia finds her answer immediately on her lips. Yes. But happily ever after doesn't come easily. As soon as Han and Leia depart their idyllic ceremony on Endor for their honeymoon, they find themselves on the grandest and most glamorous stage of all, the Halcyon, a luxury vessel on the very public journey to the most wondrous worlds in the galaxy. Their marriage and the peace and prosperity it represents is a lightning rod for everyone in the galaxy, including Imperial remnants still clinging to their power. Facing their most desperate hour, the soldiers of the Empire have dispersed across the galaxy, retrenching on isolated worlds, vulnerable to their influence as the Halcyon travels from world to world. One thing becomes abundantly clear, the war is not over. But as danger draws closer, Han and Leia find that their fight, uh, they find that they fight their best battles, not alone, but as husband and wife. So, so we get the, uh, the wedding of Han and Leia again. Yeah, again. Because <laughs> it did happen in, in the EU, right? It happened in Le- Legends, yep. I think a couple different ways, or, or maybe like it was represented in a couple different ways. Yeah, I, 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 my memory of Legends sometimes is, has faded, so I don't remember exactly. It's, it's been a while since I've read the i'm trying to i think i married at the end of courtship of princess leia right didn't they i i'm pretty sure they did i think that's at least one of the places it was represented i feel like there yeah was a comic that maybe it was represented in as well that may have been too um but yeah, yeah so this is this is new territory new canon right so oh yeah they did do they whatever did. they want yeah. and do and do their version of han and leia's wedding uh so yeah so before so let's we were talking about this earlier pre-show but we got the cover, the <laughs> book here. Uh, this cover tells a story, right? It's <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's got it's got like kind of that stereotypical romance novel kind of look. To it, it. it really does. Yep. It this is aimed squarely at the uh, the I think the romance novel demographic as far as the cover art goes, or at least for, yeah, at least the cover art and trying to maybe catch somebody like at target you're walking by and you're like i think it's exactly i've always wanted to read a star wars book but i've been waiting for them to do a romance exactly and so as you're walking by like catches your eye and go oh i think it's exactly what it is because right the book itself is not Not exactly a romance novel yeah (laughs) i mean there's romance in it to an extent yeah but there are other star wars books too yeah i wouldn't say it's any more like if you're worried about like oh I don't want to read that because it's just gonna be like a lovey dovey Star Wars book yeah. that's absolutely not what this is, yeah. but there are moments I think they they heighten some of the romantic moments more than maybe you'd see in other Star Wars. Yes, books. that's I think that's a fair description. Yeah. Um, I also found uh, that the the actual cover of the book, like if you take the dust jacket off, the color of it is very. Uh, oh yeah. You don't typically see this color for a Star Wars book. A light blue teal color. Yeah. So happens to be one of my wife's favorite colors. So yeah. She was very happy. It actually (laughs) it stands out for sure. It does. Um and I think the cover art's really cool. Yeah. I like that they're trying something different. I mean, ultimately the book itself didn't really feel like a romance novel, but it's nice that they're trying to do in some ways more genres and hit different demographics and try try different things with the star wars books because they're they're often very i mean we've had horror books before um you know we've had other genres but romance novels again this wasn't isn't exactly one but it's the first time they've really attempted that sort of thing in a star wars novel right 
So I think we talked about this before. You don't typically do the the audiobooks. I uh, oftentimes I will listen to them. Uh, I I tend to prefer reading because my my brain will just get distracted as I'm doing other stuff. And uh, uh, but I I do listen to at least a few chapters of most of the the books just to kind of get a sense of. So the did performance. you do that for this one? Uh, I, yes, I did. I okay. listened to a little bit. It was, I liked how they had the two different narrators. That was, it was a nice touch. Are you not supposed to stop talking right as I'm taking my drink? <laughs> um, you're supposed to talk through that. Uh, no, I agree. Like the two different narrators was definitely a unique, unique thing. Not that they haven't had multiple. They've done. Yeah. They've done like kind of audio drama type books where they have like a full cast, but typically if it's a narrator, it's just going to be one, you know, one narrator. Right. So I don't know if they've ever done this before. It's the first time I can remember that they've done, you know, kind of one, one narrator focused on Leia, the other narrator focused on Han and the chapters are broken down between the two characters. And so they, they would switch back and forth. So if it was a Han focused chapter, it would be, um, yeah it would be Mark Thompson. And if it was a Leia focused chapter, it'd be uh, Saskia Marleveld. I don't, I never know if I'm saying her name, name correctly, but uh, so that was, it was cool because sometimes when you're listening to an audiobook and like if Saskia was doing the whole book, right. She's not going to nail the Han voice as well as Mark Thompson. Mm-mm. No. And so sometimes that can be a complaint you're like, Oh, well I like the book, but the, the voice just didn't sound right. So the right. fact that they were able to switch between the two, she could she could do great for Leia. Mark Thompson could do great for Han. And it didn't really kind of pull you out of it. Yeah. So I thought it was it was kind of a cool idea to do it that way. I was I was on board with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really liked it. And of course Mark Thompson is great. I thought Saskia did a, a fantastic job. So I'm saying her name right did a fantastic job uh as well. And I just like how the book was structured from both Han and Leia's point of view and each chapter alternated. So you got a bit of time with each character, uh, which was really, really nice as well. Right. Yeah. The only Not thing that audiobook was specific, but <laughs> the only thing that was a little like kind of would throw you off is because they would switch between the two narrators. There were more characters than just Han and Leia. So you would hear Mark's version of, you know, a certain character. That's true. Then- I guess I didn't get that far because, I heard I listened to it a little bit at the beginning, but not not extensively because I'd already read the book. But and for the uh, most yeah, part, it, it didn't stand out too much. But there were a couple characters where, like, when Mark Thompson would do his version, and then when Saskia would do her version, I'd almost uh, forget that it was the same character because it was so different. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, that's the same character. So I never thought about it that way. You're right. Yeah. Huh. And then at the that very is an interesting end, challenge. I think the last chapter was. Um, Han and Leia, because each chapter was say Han or Leia, uh, and I think the last chapter was Han and Leia. Or maybe they just did that for the audiobook. Interesting, because in the book it just says Han, but yeah, um, but yeah, in the audiobook they did they uh, alternate. They did. Or how they did alternated. they do? So like when uh, it was the was only... like characters who was speaking, or what did they do? Like just yeah. paragraphs, or how did they alternate? No, who was speaking? So if Han okay. was speaking. It would be Mark Thompson and when Leia Interesting. was speaking, Saskia. And who was the who who narrated the rest? Like was there any like the, the internal monologue and stuff? Was it so it would be based whoever on was who, thinking? Okay. Yeah. It was it, it was that was the only that was kind of a weird they tried to do something there that I don't know. A cool attempt. So well. Yeah. But it was it was kind of a cool idea, but it was a short, you know, 
it was only like what four pages i think of yeah it's it's a yeah it's a very short chapter yeah so you kind of hear it from both of their you know the part where leia like laughs because han wants to put a kitchen in the in the falcon right in the falcon you think i can cook you know yeah Uh, yeah so i have to say that's one thing i one thing i really liked about this book uh while we're talking about the chapter format and everything was how short the chapters were and how many of them i found it very easy just to sit down and read really quick because i like to stop i think we talked about this last time on our last review too i like to stop and on the chapter marks you know and it's it's a it's very easy to pick up read for a few minutes and put back down if you're in the middle of stuff um so i like there's like 60 some odd chapters that's been the case for the last few books yeah brotherhood shadow of the sith this book all Mm -hmm. kind of have that format short chapters and I, yeah, we did talk about it. I think when we talked about Brotherhood, I talked about it in the last episode with Adam, yeah. <laughs> like about Shadow of the Sith, like how much we enjoy the, the short yeah. chapters and gives you that kind of progression and that stopping points. And yeah, this book definitely had the same dynamic. Yeah, for sure. So Endor, they start, this picks up like right after Return of the Jedi. They're, they're still partying on Endor. Mm-hmm. And uh and Leia and you know we have Luke, Han, Leia, Lando, everybody's there and I guess Han decides that he's going to kind of take his shot. I don't know if he's still hyped up from like the the you know adrenaline of defeating the empire but he's going to he's going to take his shot and go ahead and ask Leia to marry him. Um and yeah, they do, they do the whole thing. They have a wedding there and everything. They don't yeah. they don't uh Leia just kind of says you know, she doesn't even hesitate she says yes, and they do the whole thing. So, yeah, I was, I, I mean, the book was billed as Han and Leia's honeymoon. And so I wasn't really sure what to expect. Like, would we, would they try to fit this into the old, you know, uh, uh, the old legends um, canon where it's, it's, you know, post courtship of Princess Leia? Because I think the wedding happens right at the end of courtship of Princess Leia. And so they could have potentially tried to fit it in afterward, afterward uh, in a way that kind of made sense, you know, even if it, even if courtship isn't officially canon anymore. Um, or they could have bypassed the wedding completely um, and just, you know, if, they, if there's no ties to courtship and just um, uh, gone straight to the honeymoon. But instead, I think they spent a good 20% or so, I think, of the book talking just on Han and Leia and Luke and um and of course the wedding the the dynamic with han and and i'm sorry leia and luke grappling with vader we should talk more about that but that was fantastic the wedding i didn't i didn't love it was a little i don't know just a little weird that they would decide just do it right now and we're just gonna do it on endor with all these random kind of weird you know uh ewok customs and I don't know. It wasn't my personal preference, I guess, but it was, it was definitely a lot of comedy. Yeah. You have the Ewoks you have, they're trying, Han's trying to have a bachelor party at one point. Yeah. Essentially. And he doesn't get like Leia a real ring at all. It's like a wooden thing that breaks, which adds some nice tension and drama later. Um, Yeah. But so I liked, I liked some of the uniqueness of the wedding on Endor and it seemed, you know, the kind of the surroundings and, you know, if you're going to pick a wedding venue, right? Like, yeah. It's pretty cool. 
you know, minus maybe the uh, the teddy bear aliens that are going to interrupt things, but like take that away. But like just the big majestic trees and all that's the true. nature and all yeah. of that. Like it, it's a it's a great venue for a wedding. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Um, but and like it's not like Leia has a lot of other family, you know, or or Han for that matter, right? They're 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 both kind of aside from the the other people who they're on Endor with them, Luke you know lando yeah, etc they're there. all there so i guess yeah. why wait you know but <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's it's kind of impulsive it seems like something that han would be all about you know yeah being impulsive he wants to he probably wants to lock it down you know he he already <laughs> you, know, you kind of sense throughout the book he's got a bit of an inferiority complex a little oh bit yeah around leia mm-hmm. and i think he's probably thinking she's way out of my league i don't deserve uh, someone this awesome so like she said yes let's do, you know He's not going to be yeah. opposed to just getting getting it done, and you know, um, but yeah, I thought some of the some of the Ewok humor was a little not really my style, but some of it was funny. Like I chuckled at some of the stuff. Yeah, you know, you, of course you have C three PO involved, and he's kind of you know trying to make everything perfect and yeah, fussing about everything, thing, <laughs> misunderstanding what Han really wants, and Han's getting frustrated. Uh, yeah, I thought they nailed the personalities pretty good when it comes to like the differences between Han and Leia and Lando yes. and Luke, and everybody kind of did and reacted the way you would expect those characters to yeah. react. The characterization was very good in that from that standpoint. I had some issues once we get into the honeymoon, which I'll save. Okay. Um, uh, again, not necessarily out of character, but just. I guess a little disappointing, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But you're right. The, the writing itself, you know, when you were reading Han or Leia or Luke, it's you could hear their voice in, you know, in your head. And I thought that was very well done. And if you're doing the audio book, you could definitely hear their voice. In your head. <laughs> exactly. Uh, As read by, you know, Mark Thompson right, right, right. or whatever. <laughs> so you had mentioned kind of the, the Vader stuff and specifically on the planet, you know, Luke has done his funeral pyre, you know, thing they they talk about Leia kind of realizing that he had disappeared for a while, and yeah, they even talk about like how his clothes smelled like when he came back, and she, yeah, you know, how you know, she, I thought that was a little disturbing. Like, oh, your clothes smell like burnt body, or you know, like they didn't specifically say that, but they kind of implied. <laughs> it's implied, yeah, it a different kind of a smoky smell. But uh, you know, brother and sister have different reactions to this. Obviously, Luke helped redeem Vader. He had. He had kind of his moment with Vader as he's dying. He got to see that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Leia, not so much. Leia's memory of Vader is all very bad. You know, she, he was standing yeah. there as her planet was destroyed. He yeah. tortured her. Uh, she's yeah. not thrilled about the fact that she is, you know, it's been revealed that she's the daughter of Darth Vader and mm-hmm. she's still struggling with it significantly. Whereas Luke's kind of already seemed to come to grips with it. Yeah, and I you know, like you said, I that was one of my favorite parts of this book because we we've seen Leia deal with this later on um, in uh, the Bloodlines, right? Where we yeah. she's she's dealing with how the secret gets out, and now now the galaxy knows who her father is. But in this book, this is a much more personal uh, 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 thing she has to deal with, and she she has to kind of reconcile that her father is like the one of the most evil guys in the galaxy and 
like you said, she, she hasn't seen the good in him. She, all she saw was tortured. She got tortured on the Death Star and Tarkin and Vader tried to blow up her home planet. And then her boyfriend gets tortured on ha on Bespin and put it, you know, put into carbonite and she gets, you know, like they're on, that's, that's basically it. That's her whole interaction with, and there's other stuff of course in the EU, but it, none of her interactions with Vader are show even the remotest sign that maybe he might have some good in him. Right. Right. She doesn't have the same context. Yeah. Even with Luke, you know, even with the context Luke has, it's hard to, it's hard to say, okay, well, I had this one moment with him right before yep. he died and he said he's good now. So I'm going to forget all the evil things he did. Right. Even exactly. Luke definitely seems like the type of personality who would be willing to kind of quickly look past that and be forgiving. Leia, not so much where she's like, no, it, it needs to be earned more than that. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have time to earn it, you know, cause obviously he died. So, and even like bloodlines is pretty far into the future from now. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we're talking, oh, yeah. I don't know how many more years into the future. I'm not, you know, I don't have it on the time. I think it was like, wasn't it like five or 10? I, I can't I remember. Was, I was thinking more like 10. Yeah. Into the future. Cause I think uh, Ben was already kind of. Yeah. Um, I think he was already toddler, pretty but, much older. But yeah, so I mean, she's had that much. It's, time it's after even. Shadow of the Sith, so yeah. Yeah, even by yeah, Bloodline, yeah. she still hasn't come to grips with it. I don't know that yeah. she ever does. Uh, but something that kind of scars you for life, you yeah. know. <laughs> so they and they even had a scene where I guess she decides to go for a walk, and kind of almost like happens upon it, mm -hmm. like in Hickey's helmet and everything, like his yeah. helmet. And I don't remember the detail around like. Did she do anything? Like, did she just leave it there, or did she? I think she. I think maybe she picked it up and looked at it. I think she uh, or, or, it up and looked at it, but but I think she left it. Okay, because then I, I was like, oh, that because we see, you know, that's how that's how Ben gets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Ben has it and stuff. So maybe she like took it with her, but I I don't think the book goes into that much detail. I think no. she just left it there. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that was pretty powerful, and and it kind of carries on throughout the book. She she. Mm -hmm you know, thinks about it a lot. What does that mean? It's kind of a similar thing. You know, it's a theme in Star Wars, or at least it has become mm -hmm. a theme because of, um, you know, the sequel trilogy, obviously you have Rey. Right. She's the granddaughter of the emperor, which I mean, if you want to trump, oh, you're the, you're the daughter of Darth Vader. Well, I can trump you. I'm the, <laughs> yeah, I'm the granddaughter of the even more evil. That's the only thing that gets worse. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> so who's worse than Vader? The only person maybe is the emperor. So yeah. yeah so they kind of carry, carry, carry on that that type of story with the sequels but no no i thought I, that was i think my hands down my favorite aspect of the book by far just getting to dive into how she deals with that and how she tells han right eventually and then how han takes that and um and so yeah very 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 well written yeah yeah, and I apologize. I'm I'm recovering from a cold, so I'm trying to like mute myself as I'm coughing and like kind of choke up on my words here a little bit. But um, the audio listeners will never tell. Well, they'll never never know though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but see, that's why you should watch it on video because you get all these little details. The inside. When did Aaron have a cold? Exactly. Um, but in Han, like you said, Han does have to deal with it to an extent too. Like they, she brings yeah. it up later in the book. Like, doesn't it bother you? You know. Yeah. I'm the, and Han's kind of like, no, it doesn't bother me. But then he starts thinking about it a little bit more. He's like, well, maybe it kind of does bother me. You know, he starts, <laughs> which is kind of a natural response, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
like that's uh-huh. something that he has to think about like oh yeah i'm married to the daughter of you know one of the most evil people that's ever lived and yeah um is responsible for a lot of our suffering you know yeah. as a as a group of friends like <laughs> they've all been scarred by vader in one way or another but the yeah. halcyon so so we talked about this being the honeymoon book right they so mon mothma is there at you know at the wedding she meets with leia and she kind of sees an opportunity with the halcyon and that they can you know leia and han can go on the you know galactic star cruiser as we know it from you know the disney parks but they can go on the galactic star cruiser the halcyon and be part of this this big initial cruise after the you know the yoke mm-hmm. empire has been removed and they can get good footage of her on there and you know it's going to be good publicity for the new republic essentially yeah and leia like i feel like she could have avoided some of the some of the conflict later on in the book that she has with han if she had kind of talked to him about it a little bit yep um but she kind of drops it on him in a way that it seems like he doesn't really have an option like he's he's just got to do it yeah and i think that was kind of alluded to earlier that was my my biggest frustration was with the book was like seeing the house sound is cool and it's yeah it's kind of a marketing excuse to have the new you know like the house sound is the star wars hotel right uh like okay that's cool you can go stay in it ties into a book okay whatever um i don't really have a problem with that uh, you know it's, it's kind of cool and they didn't dwell on it it wasn't it wasn't it over the top to me as i was reading it and knowing what the star wars hotel is if you read this book and you had no idea what that is you would never have picked up yeah they definitely like tried to mention some of the things you can do on the, the ship or that you oh, can absolutely. eat or yeah. whatever but it was subtle enough that i don't think you would really notice and so that didn't bother me at all and it was it was kind of cool and i saw some people online complaining about it. I'm like ah, it doesn't really bother me but the thing that that did bother me it was uh, nothing to do with the Halcyon itself. Was the fact that Leia uh, keeps ignoring Han in their honeymoon, and I know she's driven, and she is she wants to help the Republic. She didn't even want to go on a honeymoon, All right? At first, um, Han just wants to go out to some beach somewhere and relax, and she's like, "No, I don't want to. I want to like work. I have the the war is over. I have to help rebuild the the Republic." But they decide to go on this honeymoon and she keeps ignoring Han and trying to work constantly so much that Han has to go off by himself and find stuff to do. And like, she does learn the lesson eventually, but it's still kind of sad as a reader. And I I just got married, you know, a year ago. Right. Uh, And like on on my honeymoon, my wife and I went, we had a very strict, like, you know, no work, you know, you were going to like spend time with each other. Right. And that was so nice. And it makes me kind of sad reading that Han and Leia aren't really spending time with each other. And she's kind of ignoring him and just running off. And he's of course then doing off stuff on his own too. And so he's, she comes back to the room to try to spend time with him and he's off, you know, playing Savak. And it's just, it's just, it made me a little sad. Cause I'm like, ah, I know their relationship isn't perfect and we know how they end up in the force awakens but it it just made me really i guess frustrated <laughs> trying that like they, they have such a uh uh they're just not willing to make time for each other but i guess that's what it's all about right like they they're kind of revealing you know in this book that something that not necessarily revealing we kind of already know the struggles that they have in their relationship yeah and they're kind of setting the groundwork at the earliest stage like they're yeah. in the, you know, you, you, you talk about the honeymoon phase 
of a marriage and you know both you and i are both married you know yeah you know like you're still technically kind of in that honeymoon I am, phase. Yeah, exactly <laughs> i've been married for quite a while and you know yeah. the honeymoon phase was a long time ago so yeah. relationships kind of progress but we know where they end up like you said yeah. and we know that they don't stay together and so you can kind of see the seeds of that already yeah as to like the conflicts that they have in her priorities and his I it's not all of, her to be clear you know it's it's both yeah, I of do them think, like but, the priority yeah. side of things is leia for sure yeah. i think she prioritizes the needs of the galaxy sometimes over the needs of of han and he can't necessarily deal with that yeah um and it's you kind of feel you like you said you do feel bad for han you you also kind of like well you're marrying princess leia you know yeah. like you know, but i guess i guess i guess the thing that's frustrating was it wasn't it wasn't like I think because they they just rushed into it, right? They never had that conversation. They never yeah. talked about what life would be like. They just said, "Okay, we're going to do this," and they instantly got married. And then they never considered that this would there's actually a commitment, and you have to like make an effort and all of that stuff. And well, if you think about the amount of time that they've actually spent together, not actually all that long. It's not a lot. Like yeah. he, he got frozen in carbonite. He's gone for like a whole year while she's going on adventures with like Luke yeah. and Lando and stuff like in the comics. But, you know, there's not really, you know, she didn't spend a ton of time with him. And he comes out of, comes out of uh, a carbonite in Return of the Jedi. Right. Like, and the so, wedding's like the movie's a days later. And then they have their whole adventure there to defeat the Empire over yeah. you know, what a couple weeks or however long that movie is supposed to be. Yeah, us, but it's a good point. So in, in Han's time, it's like basically like I don't know three days after he said "I love you," you know, <laughs> it's that that little wow. Yeah, I don't know, like because right. he, exactly. he gets frozen, right? Yeah, he gets frozen in carbonite, or she just admitted her love. He says, "I know," you know, yeah, way of saying "me too." Yeah, and then yeah, he's got all this empty space, and then he jumps into, and now they're married. So like, he's, yeah, he gets unfrozen. They have a big the, the Battle of Endor. They escape Tatooine, Battle of Endor, and in the what within a couple days of the Battle of Endor, they they get married, and so and that's why you, know, you can't call this book fast. the courtship of Princess Leia. It's true. No it was no courtship. It's just straight straight marriage. You know, like <laughs> and, it, and maybe that's kind of a you know rushing into marriage is never a great idea exactly and i guess that's the other thing that frustrated me is like there they i was like why there i feel like maybe not han but leia i feel like it would be one who would be very i mean she just swept so swept up by him she should be one who would i think think through things more and try to plan things out and they just jump right into it without any without talking really truly talking about it like what does this mean for their lives um and then as a result, they, you know, she's working, he's going off and doing his own thing now because he's bored. And I don't know, it, 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 it made really me very, really it really did bother itself. me. It made me yeah. very like, it was not as enjoyable to read because of that. I was like, why are they making these decisions? You know, <laughs> and it kind of fits with their characters a little bit, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there are two characters <laughs> that if you really think about it, it absolutely makes sense that they would have this kind of, uh, yeah, a short, passionate thing that happens. They get married, then they kind of over time realize that maybe it's not the best thing for them, and then they separate. And that's you know essentially what happens. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did. I definitely maybe it didn't impact me as much as it impacted you. I don't think, but <laughs> there were definitely times where I, I was feeling bad for Han and kind of yeah. like, he came across as much more like the hopeless romantic. Yeah, and he's like, mm -hmm. I just want to go on this honeymoon and just spend every 
waking minute with this woman because I'm yeah. absolutely in love with her. Yep. And she's like, I'm absolutely in love with Han, but the I got galaxy, stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The galaxy yeah. needs me, and that's really what's important. And, so, and I get why she's saying that, right? She's looking at the bigger picture and trying to save, you know, help the galaxy. The war just ended or is technically wrapping up, you know, but. Well, yeah. speaking of that, you know, the Empire has been quote unquote defeated, but we know that the Battle of Jakku doesn't happen for like a whole nother year. Yeah. So there's a there's going to be a period of time, and even after the Battle of Jakku, which is kind of a little bit more of the f- finality of the Empire, there's still going to be remnants of the Empire and the beginnings of the First Order, and you know, so there's they never quite eradicate the Empire. They kind of stick around for for a long time, but it is interesting how the rebels do kind of think. Oh yeah, we beat the empire; it's over. And they, mm-hmm. you know, even when people kind of ask them, "Oh, did you really beat the empire?" or like, "Is this just propaganda?" and Leia is absolutely adamant about, "We won. We're not even rebels anymore. Like, how can you be a rebel if you won? Like, you know, this is the empire has been defeated." And you kind of, as someone like someone like us who have, who know the future and we know what's going to happen eventually you're like oh Leia, can i jump the gun here i don't you didn't really beat them yet like yeah still exactly there. there's still a lot that's going to happen as we find out you know they're they're still out there in the galaxy but i mean the empire had that big of a sway over people that even on when they go on the halcyon and they're with the other you mm-hmm. know, citizens that are on there and it seems like pretty much everybody they come across are over conversations they are part of or over here People were questioning it. Like, uh, is the is the emperor even dead? I mean, that came up a couple times in the book where people were saying, I don't even believe he's actually dead. Right. Yeah. It, it, it just happened. How would they know? Right. It's all rumor right. at this point. Right. But yeah. It's and I did I did enjoy the the last second half, or I guess last third, really, of the book more because then it go you I feel like once they land on matters, matters, I don't know how it's pronounced. Um, the, they, it becomes just more of a straight mission and Leia ignores Han less. They start working together. And so some of my complaints kind of fell by the wayside, but at the same time, it also becomes less, even less of a romance book as it was billed. And it just becomes a Star Wars novel set on a, ice planet uh, at that point the planet itself was was pretty cool so they're they're on the halcyon and leia gets this message and she sees an opportunity to reach out to a planet that may want to align with the new republic and so she's like oh this is a good opportunity for me she kind of figures out a way to get the the captain of the ship and Mm -hmm. you know whoever else she needs to get involved to like say okay yeah we're gonna go in this direction they were supposed to see something else, but she kind of diverts them over mm-hmm. to this other planet and then um, goes down there on the planet. The planet is unique in that it's a water planet, yeah, but it's frozen. So it's it's kind of a unique idea in Star Wars, at least that from what I can remember. There's been a lot of yeah. ice planets in Star Wars, but they're usually like ice, like tundra. Right, but this, you know, this is water with just ice, oh, yeah, ice that's formed right. over it's the like water, and then giant ice cities, yeah right it's cool yeah so so it's a unique planet i like how they describe it you know how it's like this water world where there's you know all this um life under the ice you know 
you know, different fish and different things like that. Um, they give us a lot of cool detail about the planet. And the planet is obviously, you know, there's something going on. They're kind of trying to hide mm-hmm. when Han and Leia see these like black spires um, that are kind of, they're like, oh, what's that? And then this, you know, the, the leader of the planet is kind of like, oh, you know, ignore that kind of thing. And they're, yeah. So you can tell there's something going on that's like, okay, we see where this adventure is leading us. There's mm-hmm. going to be some group of, uh, you know, Imperials or something here that Han and Leia have to confront. Right. Yeah, I and I did like that that whole mystery and how the the leader of the planet is trying to he's not trying to like he 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 wants help but he he's very concerned about how he can get that help and so he ap- appears for a large percentage of the book to be uh, uh, kind of fighting them at every turn and blocking them um, and Almost blocking their investigation in on it like yeah he's, but he's not he's but he's not yeah yeah that's, that's one of the kind of twists i guess you could say in the book is yeah they're kind of setting him up as as uh trying to hide things or trying to almost cover for the empire but eventually you realize he he just was afraid of what the empire would do to his people yeah and so he was you know he was subtly trying to get han and leia to be involved and help without it hurting uh his citizens yeah so and it, it kind of all you know leads to them you know there's this underwater base i guess that the empire has set up mm-hmm. that's drilling into the planet it's ruining the planet and um they're they want to get rid of it but at the same time they've realized that the damage has already been done and no matter if they can get rid of this place this base and stop the drilling it doesn't matter mm-hmm. the, the damage to the ecosystem has already happened the planet is not going to be livable and that they're going to have to evacuate everyone off the planet which you know the sad you know reality that sets in with what the empire does to these planets yeah yeah it's not something you see very often like a lot of times the good guys win in the end in star wars books and while they do win in that they they stop the empire uh, or they they kind of kick the empire off matters. They also lose, you know. They uh, and there's there's nothing they can do, and they they have to evacuate everybody. Well, they but see the thing is they. See, I know you read this book a long time ago. So you <laughs> no, nor did they. Oh no, edit this out. They <laughs> but they I took a gamble. Us, so they did introduce us to that character on the Halcyon who was gambling with Han. Remember. Yes. They go into that, you know, they're kind of this. Right. And he, yes. Okay. I remember it's been a while. So for context, I read the book like probably three, four months ago now. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I read this book. Like I finished it like today. William hasn't read it for months. So, so my, my I tried to jog my memory on a lot of the stuff, but I forgot that detail. You're right. Yes. So they, so they met this character, which I kind of thought when they first introduced the character, because he, Han and him were kind of going back and forth. He didn't know who Han was. Yeah, and he's gambling with him. He's trying to kidnap Leia about kidnapping Leia and all this stuff. And then Han, you know, doesn't like him obviously because of that. Once Han reveals who he is, the guy freaks out. It's like, oh, I didn't mean it. I was just talking. So this guy had developed some, I guess, like tractor beam type technology for the Empire. Yeah, at at one point, and is essentially like like a genius level person, but like kind of quirky at the same time. And so they threw him in the brig because he had 
made comments about you know kid, kidnapping princess leia and so as the book went on i'm like why did they even introduce this character like he seemed kind of pointless they threw him in the brig we haven't talked something about for him. han to do really while he's waiting for leia yeah but then in the end when they need someone that has the expertise on like this this type of technology um who can help restore the core of the planet i guess using this you know this technology that he had developed uh that's why they introduced him you know he there was a purpose for him i guess in the end so it's like okay i guess yeah. that's fine he he wasn't that interesting of a character maybe the audiobook ruined him for me i really didn't like the voice they, uh, they for him. i mean annoying. in the when i was reading the the hard copy he was definitely a he's definitely annoying but he, he never was i think his his character was supposed to be kind of a slimy you know uh a kid who will do anything to to make some money and uh you know he he really wants to complete the project for the empire and he feel like it got all it was all taken away from him is his biz, biggest project ever ever and i almost feel like maybe there's some connections to like star killer uh bay or what was it there was something i feel like he probably developed some of the tech we see in the sequel trilogy possibly i, I got but... the i got the feeling that he did yeah or yeah. laid the groundwork for it um but so he's supposed to be kind of annoying but he didn't like great on me he was just like oh, okay he's like an you know annoying character basically right yeah yeah i, I mean i guess if i was going to complain about anything in this book you know some of the characters that weren't you know the main cast like mm -hmm. him um some of the other characters they introduced just weren't that interesting to me like i don't know if there just wasn't enough time to spend with them or um you know it seemed like certain characters would get introduced and didn't really play a, a role other than mm -hmm. just kind of being being another character but yeah i i felt like the han leia even luke and lando when they were in it mm -hmm. were fun to read about but then as the book kind of progressed and they got into the actual adventure i got less invested and even like the okay they go to this one planet and there's a imperial base and they got to kind of oust the imperial base like right it felt really small yes time. very um, much so and and i was surprised they they stayed on one planet they didn't go like a cruise ship would normally go multiple places but this is basically they're on the ship and then they get off and they're on this planet and that's it they're supposed to go to multiple places but then leia kind of diverted them to this one planet and then everything just kind of happens there so but it was still it was so cool. And I really liked the, uh, especially once they got to, to matters, I really liked the, the story there and how they were learning and it just the, the uniqueness of the planet. Um, so yeah. while it felt small, it was, didn't bother me too much. You know, not every Star Wars book is going to be big and galaxy changing. Yeah. I found the planet more interesting than the characters they introduced. Even the, yes. even the Imperial character that they kind of surprised us with um i wasn't familiar with her uh the book that she previously was in smuggler's run right oh my gosh i forgot she appeared in smuggler's run so i hadn't read that book like for whatever reason you know that one just got skipped when yeah these books were coming i think it, those were all coming out right during the kind of lead up to the the sequel trilogy yeah, yeah. they were just like pumping books at us like and I just, you know, okay, if I'm going to skip anything, I might skip some of these young, you know, these junior novels. So I didn't end up reading that one. So when she showed up in the book, 
the description of her, like with the cybernetic eye and the the blonde hair kind of slicked right. back. I'm like, this sounds so familiar. I, I like did I've not make the connection at all. This character, I thought maybe it was a huh. comic character from like the Afro comics. I got, I was trying to like place her, and then I looked it up on, and sure enough, she had shown up in like a you know junior novel with Han. Uh, that makes sense. So that's it's been I'm a like. long time since I read Smuggler's Run. Yeah. The so, the other one that came around that time, I actually just read after this, but I think Smuggler's Run I probably read a long time ago. And, but even her yeah. character, like when they introduced her. She seemed threatening. Like she tried yeah. to kill, like she literally just tried to shoot them, like right up. You know, she didn't, yeah, the bush. She was just like, all right, I'm going to shoot you guys and kill you. They were able to escape her. But then they really didn't do much with her. You know, they <laughs> yeah. kind of, they didn't really bring her back other than, you know, she's still leading the Imperials, but they That's don't it. have like another one on one kind of, you know, no, you know, like, I mean, I guess fight with her. There was that, the fight in the, um, the pens at the end right there were the, the like the dock the underwater dock whatever it was she was didn't she, 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 she i can't remember it's been four months now now yeah, you yeah. Know, so I, I, I should remember this considering i just i feel it. like she maybe she was i thought that she didn't really get involved because someone was stalking because she them left there so there's oh like a, had, right like, a shuttle had right. left ahead of time and i i don't You're think right. she was involved in the actual battle. that may be the case um i, I yeah, forget i think it was like you know han yeah. and leia going and they were trying to to destroy the repulsors oh yeah, yeah. Well, this is a big point to kind of bring up but they so leia ends up using the force um to communicate with uh one of the you know species under the water that that shows up and helps them destroy the final yeah yeah repulsor that's huge first time she's ever used the yeah. force yeah, so and and that was something they were kind of setting up throughout the book as well, talking about, you know, the fact that Luke can touch the force. She wasn't really that interested in training with Luke. Mm -hmm. But then as different events happen in the book, I think there was a fear on her side too that because Luke Vader, she didn't want to become Vader. But so does yeah. Vader, right? So like she could use the force, but does that lead her, you know, does that open her up to the possibility of right. using it for the wrong reasons? Uh and so she was almost on the kind of thinking I don't even want to use the force because I don't even want a chance that I would become a Vader type person. But then I think yeah. as, as time went on, like they had the scene where her and Han were trapped under the ice. Yeah. And I, she, I was, yeah. And she has to like, they, yeah, I thought that that whole scene was so cool. I, I was going to say, even the, the thermal, uh, like, well, I can't remember what they were called. The, the thermal like devices the they put on there. Yeah, to like warm them up. That was all really cool stuff. I thought the the tech was really fascinating, um, and how the 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 imperial base was sending out these pulses that was damaging everything in the vicinity, uh, and starting I think like drill into the core. Was that it? Yeah, I they think? were drilling for some, yeah. something specific, and so yeah, they're they're basically ruining really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, really so. cool stuff. But she had that scene where they're stuck under the ice and then they were end up getting rescued by other people from the Halcyon, um, which I think the one character who was, he was Nautilin and like, yeah, I think the, the entire purpose for him to be that specific species is so he could, <laughs> so he could help <laughs> exactly. get them out. But um, so he ends up rescuing them. But she, she even says to Han, she's like, if I could use the force the way Luke could, I could have just saved us. I could have broken the yeah. ice with the force. We could have gotten out and he's like he says something pretty cool where he says like luke luke isn't vader yeah 
and you're not Luke. Like, quit yeah. trying to compare yourself essentially to these yeah. other people who use the force. Like, you're your own unique person. Which is such great advice because he's not, you know, uh, the, she's not the same as them. She, just because she has the force doesn't mean she has to be a Jedi Master like Luke. Um, you know, but she can still learn to use the force and, uh, and, and do it in her own way in the way she's called to serve the galaxy. And I think that that sets up nicely the foundation for what we find out later in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, no, she's got, she did do some training and she has the lightsaber and, and all that stuff. So it's, I like how they start to lay the groundwork there. Yeah. Like originally she was like not interested, but I think because yeah. of some of these events that happened in specifically. It in changed book, her mind. She changed her mind and said, yeah, I'm yeah. going to touch base with, with Luke and uh, see if I can get some basic training. And uh, you know, even the way they described throughout the book, she talked about using the force and trying, I think, you know, she was in the scene, like on this house scene where she's out in the, the courtyard and there's those rocks and she tries to move them, which is literally something you can do at the, yep. at the Disney hotel. Um, but she tries to move it, but then she think one of the rocks does move, but then she convinces herself that she didn't cause it. Like right. the, sh the shift in the ship is what actually caused it. Right. Her. Although I think she did. She oh, I think she did too. Believe in herself enough. Yeah. But it was like when she connects with the, the creature at the end, they kind of describe it in that she wasn't trying to use the force anymore. It just, it was a natural thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And that's really how, you know, they're kind of showing like how she should be going about connecting with the right. force. Right. It's like, never something she actively her. tries to do. Like when she gets kicked out into space, right? I think she's, it's kind of a natural instinct that's there. That's right. really cool. Yeah. So, um, trying to think if there's anything else notable there's some cool mentions of some characters i mean we got oh, yeah. of course a younger a much younger captain or she's not the captain at the time she's more of a i think an attache Raiola keevan who becomes the captain of the house stand who you can meet there um we also got uh poe dameron's parents which is cool yes uh, they, some mentions of them which they feature a lot in other Sources, comics I, right you know, they've shown up in comics and some of the you know short story stuff i think or at least the maybe the junior novels but yeah they've definitely shown up in other stuff so when you see like um that so what what's the what's the mom's name um, shara bay i think shara right? bay, yeah. and kess dameron yeah shara bay and so kess dameron was like part of the the group of you know soldiers who were working with han and i think in i'm trying to remember the name of the comic shattered empire was that yes that's, yeah i'm pretty so, sure that's correct yeah. so we get images of them we know that you know they're poe's parents so there's a nice nice connection there that they don't ever you know obviously they're not going to say it in this book because poe doesn't exist right. yet uh, well maybe he did did uh, they mention wasn't he born child? right after jedi so he might be i feel like they i don't know them having a child but i don't, I don't know i don't, I don't i forget get the facts wrong here but like they don't really <laughs> you can't get any worse than i did earlier in the episode so <laughs> they don't specifically say it's Poe Dameron's parents. It's like that's right. that's a nice little Easter egg for people that have read the other source material to see, you know, Shara Bay. Oh yeah, that's Poe yeah. Dameron's mom. So, so that was kind of cool. And then they yeah. mention, you know, different events that have happened in the comics, like where, like Leia has met Kira, right? Know, Kira being the leader of the you know the crime syndicate and Crimson Dawn. Yeah, Crimson Dawn. Yeah. And so there, there's all these comics about that that I haven't read yet. 
but you can tell they're alluding to different yeah. adventures that they've gone on and nice references. Yeah. So yeah. it's sometimes you forget that Han had another another love right before, before Leia. And they apparently have met. So <laughs> and and they knew each other a lot more than for a lot longer than Han and Leia did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. But I'm excited to kind of dig up some of that. Same as like when I read Shadow of the Sith, uh, Ochia Bestoon, you know, he's been right. in comics a lot and I have never, I haven't read those yet. So now yeah. it kind of makes me want to. I haven't read those either. I've only knew him from the film. So, right. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes, sometimes filling in the rest of the knowledge with the comics is, is cool if you have the time. Yeah, it is. It is. All right. Well, um, any other thoughts on this book? No, nah, I, I, Overall, I think I, you know, I think I enjoyed, I enjoyed the book um, quite a bit. I, I was, it was fun to see their honeymoon. It was cool to see the house down. I liked the whole ordeal on matters. I, I, I wish the relationship had been a little better, but that's also just me wanting a better relationship for them. It's not necessarily a problem with the book, <laughs> uh, but I yeah, it's, wish, it's cool. I, I see what you're saying. And I, I do wish there was more more moments where because they did have moments like they'll have it was almost like they're bickering the whole time right it's almost like those like okay we had a big fight now we're gonna make up they had those yeah. moments where they're making up like okay we fought but i still love you and you know they yeah would hint at them like okay we're going back to the bedroom now you know that kind of thing yeah <laughs> but you know you had plenty of that but for them actually having like enjoying each other's company and, and being together as like a, a couple that love each other. Like, Very little. A lot of those moments for sure. No. And that's that why it's so interesting for a romance book, right? Quote unquote. It's not really like, yes, there's a wedding at the beginning and they go on a honeymoon, but they're just doing a star Wars mission the whole time, a standard mission, like you see in another star Wars book. And so you know, it's that's just a lot. I guess a lot in yeah. that's their lot. And, and I also I, I'll bet, you know, a part of me wonders like were they concerned that other that a lot of fans wouldn't read the book if it was strictly romance. And so they're trying to walk that line. Um maybe I, don't know. I yeah, it is interesting the marketing of it, you know, like we said, the the cover definitely portrays Okay, this is it's like your novel. stereotypical romance novel cover. But I think as a Star Wars <laughs> fan, or at least for us that read the books, we knew this wasn't going to be right a romance novel. Like I didn't right exactly. Thinking, oh, I'm going to read this like really cheesy. Like, exactly. Like I knew it was just going to be another Star Wars adventure, just packaged yeah. as a romance novel. So I don't know exactly. I don't know who. I'm not, and that's not a critique. I'm not saying it should have been. It's just an interesting, you know, thing to consider. Yeah, yeah because it's funny because uh, Courtship of Princess Leia actually had two different covers. And, right i forgot about I, that yeah I believe the initial cover was much more of a romance kind of looking thing and then when they re-released it they did you know a cover with the rancors and you know it looked and leia's literally wearing like a you know kind of her adventure outfit and not right you know, like a pretty wedding dress so um you're right I, I always think of the original cover art but you're right there was that the the second cover had a giant rancor and they were all in their endor gear yes. yeah yeah right so so I think maybe that that was, you know, maybe the same thing. Maybe when they release the paperback version of Princess and the Scoundrel, they'll give us the actual like, okay, this is this is them in their like yeah. gear and like you know diving to fight the Empire, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, although I think as far as covers go, this one definitely is probably the f furthest as a of a romance type of novel. 
uh, they've done. Courage oh, of yeah. Princess Leia definitely is has more of that, but it's like your it's your I don't know. It's it has Leia in her in a wedding dress, but otherwise, she's not like doing. She's not like, you know, not like in Han's embrace or anything. They're not embracing each other or anything. You know, it's a very different. Challenge your. I'm trying to remember. There was definitely a like a Luke Mara story. This is we're getting back into like yes, 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 yes. Still listening. I apologize. Wasn't that exclude? Wasn't that? I think there was some. It was, a, I think, an official official. I, don't, I know, I know the one you're talking about. It's with Luke and Mara Jade. Was it and I'm Ghost? It, nah, I thought it was just a. I didn't think it was a cover. I thought it was like exclusive art that they released. Yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't. Oh no, Tatooine Ghost was a, a Han Leia. Yeah, yeah, but I, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Which um, I've, I think I've got it right. I think I know, you know where to find with this. It? Survivor oh, don't. No. Oh, I think it was called Judge's Call. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I thought there was a book that kind of did a whole... Which I don't think it was a book, but... Oh, it was a short story by Timothy Zahn written for Valentine's Day. That was it. Oh, really? Uh, Is there there art for it? There is, yeah. Yeah, there is... um, Here, let's uh, see. I will will share it for you. Here you go. Judge's Call. There you go. So that is uh <laughs> that would rival. Yes, this rivals that the, would rival the uh princess and the scoundrel cover for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it is uh yeah, that is that is probably the closest we've seen. All right, so there's the deep cut for the for the legends <laughs> fans out there. They're like, you guys never talk about legends. There you go. We got our we it got was our a short game. story available for free online at the Delray website valentine's day 2004 there you go yeah that's why and now we're gonna get all the people saying bring mara back right (laughs) yeah what do you what do you think uh think it'll ever happen we get married i don't know i think i suspect eventually it might happen i feel like it will i feel like it's just a matter of time it's just a matter of time there it'll be we might have to wait a little while still but i think eventually it will happen maybe after the second reboot We'll see. Yeah, exactly. And it may exactly, and maybe not in the same exact way, no, you know. But I, I think, think the character be, comes back. I think we'll get the character. I think she will be very. I think there will be a lot of similarities. So you know, for the fans of the character, they don't, you know, they're not going to change mm-hmm. it too much. Yeah. But I think the the details surrounding, you know, how she enters into the story, if she even has any communication with Luke, right? Like I, I feel like I I could see her and Luke ha- like maybe. Get connecting and getting along well but they don't end up together yeah obviously uh unless yeah, they kill her right. off but you know yeah like yeah maybe there's a i think it'd be very different but i could i could see it happening i think i think it's like thrawn right they've eventually already they've already introduced yeah. thrawn you know yeah. so the groundwork is kind of there because that's where she came in and yeah. i think that there's plenty of time between return of the jedi and yeah and uh the force awakens that they could fit in some adventures and why not have sure. some assassin you know who's brainwashed to you know name marriage age show up and try to kill yeah. Luke at some point you know that yeah. could be you know just a, a story that has happened and maybe yeah maybe she even trains with him at the academy for a while and then leaves and you know yeah who knows there's lots of ways they could do it i think and i do think that we will because she's so popular of a character if you're looking at like yeah. the most popular 
Legend. The most popular character from Legends, Mar- yeah, Thrawn, Marjade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've already gotten Thrawn. You know, they've, yeah. Yeah. It would almost be silly for them. I think who else would you put in the top three from the post Jedi Legends? Thrawn and Marjade, hands down. But, yeah, I mean, I guess there's a, a number of characters that are also in, like, Talon Card could be yeah. because he's in the same stories. But if you're looking at the entirety of Legends, I don't know. There's so many. I mean, Jaina Solo. Would be, I think Jaina Solo. That's another be, big one. But she's That's like harder to add, though. <laughs> yeah, you can't bring her in. But I think she would be, like, a top popular character. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so there's definitely some notable ones. I mean, we're, we've already gotten some re- a reference to Karan Horn. Now yeah, in, yeah in, he did. Uh, in Kenobi. Show. So in Quinlan Only Vos, matter- you could say is, is essentially a, an EU character. He Although, is, but he's shown up in Clone Wars now, you know, right, and so right. so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like there are characters that were there's huge, precedent, huge yeah. in Legends in the EU that have become you know either been brought in or become yeah. much more central in the canon. So it can happen. Yeah. Uh, like I could see her maybe playing a minor role in the Ahsoka series potentially. Oh, could you imagine? like inter? Like introducing her there is live action. And then and then she shows up in books after that. Right. If yeah. her introduction is live action, that would be unprecedented. They would just blow people's minds. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, when they showed Thrawn was going to be in Rebels. Yeah. Like, remember the response that that got? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, they have that, that had to have been noted by the higher ups like right oh gosh like these characters have some value like why yeah let's mine some more and like okay what are some other ones that we could bring in yeah and when you have someone like uh dave filoni involved in the ahsoka series i wouldn't put it past him to have mara jade show up as like a thrawn minion yep yeah and And she's a minor minor ish character maybe it's even just one episode or something but like but then she's canon and they can bring her into all the books then they gauge the fan response and say okay like oh maybe it's her own series you know (laughs) nobody really liked it and then they did okay let's not bring her back but exactly if like if that's like the most popular episode of the ahsoka series and everybody's just talking about it all over social media they're like all right let's you know let's bring this character back in so. I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're both on the same page. We both think that Mara Jade would will eventually be. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think it's a matter of time. And if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be super disappointed. Like no. When it happens, you know, cool. Anytime they do that kind of stuff, I see it as icing on the cake. But I never exactly. expected it. And so. Right. Um, you and I are very much on the same page there. <laughs> yeah. You got to. You, it's almost the only way to be a Star Wars fan now. Yeah. Because if you just get, enjoy what you get and you get hung you know, up on like what they're yeah. not doing, then you're just never going to enjoy it. Like just, yeah. yeah, I don't understand that mentality, but you know, I know everybody, I'm, I'm everybody's, with you. <laughs> everybody's a fan in their own way and people get passionate yeah. about stuff. I totally get that. But uh, yeah, in my old age, I've, I've come to realize that it's just too stressful a way to live. Like, yeah. So exactly. All right. Well, man, uh, thanks again for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. It was fun, fun re- reviewing the princess and the scoundrel with you. And uh, I guess we'll really talk about more. Say, like overall, like liked it or didn't like it. I know we don't do like yeah. Wampa rate or whatever you guys want. Rat rate. <laughs> the Wamp rat. But um, we're like thumbs up, thumbs down. Like, did you like this? Book? I'd say do it. Uh, uh, thumbs up. I wouldn't say it's the best book. Like this year has had some really good ones. Like with brotherhood. Fantastic um shadow of the sith i really enjoyed so there's been some good really good books 
uh, I'd say, but I would still give it a thumbs up. You know, I, it's, I wouldn't say it's the, my, um, I can't, I can't give it a thumbs down. Right. It's, it's, you know, just thumb barely up, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, I, I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed the, you know, the indoor stuff and the halcyon stuff more yeah. than I did. Like once they got down to the planet, it started to go downhill for me there. I yeah. started to lose a little bit interest in kind of what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah, that's um, but I liked the relationship stuff, you know, showing the relationships, showing, you know, kind of the aftermath of what happened on Endor and the different characters mm-hmm. and the wedding. I enjoyed all of that. And I enjoyed like her struggle with, you know, her use of the force and her, her parentage and all of that. I really, really liked yeah, the details agreed. of kind of the story of like, you know, kind of coming up against that little pod, you know, of exactly wasn't as interesting. So I'd still yeah. say overall, I, I enjoyed the book, but yeah. it was mostly the first three fourths of the book that I enjoyed more than that's the fair. last fourth. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, right. I I would agree with you on, on the the family dynamics as the being the best part of the book. Yes. So. Uh, all right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Star Wars Bookworms. And uh, if you want to check out any of our other episodes, definitely check them out on. You can find them on pretty much any iCat. Uh, uh, podcatcher at this point but mainly itunes uh you can find or apple podcasts i guess is what it's called now you can find it on apple podcasts i think we're on spotify now and a number of other places and then we also have the the youtube channel that we're trying to promote slow start you know for sure hard to, hard to get footing in youtube i've learned but um if you're interested in watching some video clips of, of our episodes there you can check that out over on youtube as well And until next time, keep on reading. And may the force be with you. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't get Adam to do that last time.